Students were charged with cyberbullying. A man is dead after an argument escalates into a gun battle. Shame! Shame! The Palestinians were living there for hundreds of years. We How were there for the Jews were Everyone prioritizes. We do it every day, even when we're not thinking about it. We choose one thing to focus on, one thing that's going to be more important than everything else. We usually know every little thing that needs to be done, all the steps that we need to take in order to get somewhere. But oftentimes, we can let all these little things, all the little steps, block what is most important, what should be our top priority. Let's say you're going to the airport. You're going on a trip, and you're probably behind. You have lots of things to do. You need to pack your bags, clean your house, make your travel plans, and get in your car. Once you get in your car, you realize you're going to get to the airport just 45 minutes before takeoff. And then you hit some traffic. But you navigate through it like a Formula One racer, and you get to the airport, just in time. You get up to the security guard, and you realize that you have forgotten your ID, your passport. Or even worse, you haven't even booked your flight. You've let all those little things, all the little steps, block your vision of what's most important. You've lost track of your top priority. This happens, doesn't this happen at your job? You have some goal for the end of the month, something you want to achieve. You want to work at it. It's um, the main part of your job. And yet day in and day out, you know you have emails to respond to, you have people to call, you have errands to run, you have paperwork to fill out. Pretty soon, it's the end of the month and you haven't reached your goal yet. You've lost track of your top priority. You let all the little things cloud your vision of what was most important. This happened to me not too long ago. Believe it or not, my part-time job while I'm at the seminary is making concrete light poles. I think I got one right here. So those are from my company. They're in front of some stadium. We make large concrete light poles and then we ship them out across the country. Over the summer, we got a small order of poles. We call them 720s. And the guy wanted them really fast. So my boss told us we need to prioritize them. We need to do them right away and get them done on time. So we did. But sadly, we only had one mold. So we could only make one a day. And as soon as that pole came out of the mold, I was on the team that had to finish it. We had to seal it. We had to paint the top, we had to put electrical boxes on it, we had to repair any defects. They were actually complicated poles, but we were able to get them all done on time. And so my boss ordered a truck, it came, and we proudly loaded these poles on the truck, just a couple inches apart so they wouldn't bang together, and we left the truck driver to strap the poles down and take them out of our hair. 
And we went into our boss's office nice and happy, and we told him that these 720s were gone. They're out of our hair. Now, this seems like a pretty bad example because we got it done on time. But a week later, my boss got a picture, and he was not happy. Most of the poles had cracked by the time they got there. We left the truck driver, and he put a strap right in the middle of our supports. It bent the poles, and most of them cracked when they arrived. We let all the little things we had to do, the hurry of getting them done on time, block what was most important. We forgot to tell the truck driver where to strap the poles. And so now, we make sure to always tell the truck driver where they are so that the poles will arrive nicely, on time, and not broken. We all can lose track of our priorities, the most important things very easily. Or we know somebody who is so busy, they don't have time for us, and yet they, can't get to, they don't seem to get anywhere. Today, in our reading, the author Luke gives us two different sets of priorities. Mary and Martha. He puts them next to each other, compares them, and shows us how they're in conflict. Something doesn't seem to be right. And the question is, do you consider yourself a Mary? Or do you consider yourself a Martha? The story is mainly about Martha. She's the one who has the home. She's the one who has the sister Mary. Mary, this is probably the same Mary and Martha who had a brother named Lazarus whom Jesus raised from the dead. This would mean that they're from a small town called Bethany just outside of Jerusalem. And that's probably why Jesus was passing through um, this town on his way to Jerusalem. But that doesn't seem to be important here. Luke just tells us it's a certain town. What's important is the people. Mary, Martha, and Jesus. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, they came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. Martha sees Jesus, and she just doesn't see a famous teacher who has wise words. She sees a friend, a savior, someone who gave her a life-giving message of forgiveness and new life, peace with God. So she sees him, and she stops him while he's on his way. He has ministry to do. He has a message to proclaim to the world, and she stops him. She welcomes him into her home. And as soon as he gets in, she goes into full host mode. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She knew that Jesus was coming, and she wanted to, him to have a great stay. You know how this feels. You're having family over. You know what needs to be done. You have to clean the house. You have to get a good meal ready. You have to dust everything off, clean the bathrooms. You know everything that goes into having someone over. But now picture that Jesus himself is making his way through Castle Rock. He stops at Eternal Rock and you invite him in because he's your friend. He's your Savior. Imagine the preparations you would want to make 
then. You would make sure your whole house was spotless. You might even clean your own room. Offer him your own bed. You would prepare your very best meal. Make sure everything was perfect. Maybe even put out your Bible on the coffee table. Martha wanted Jesus to have the best day of his life. She was doing what we would probably do. But it says that she was distracted by all these preparations. What was Mary doing? All it says about Mary in this story is that she sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. Mary prioritized Jesus' words. She thought that listening to him was the most important thing. And so she left Martha. You know how that feels too. I distinctly remember as a child washing dishes after every meal. And after a couple of dishes, most of my siblings would find their way on the couch to watch TV. They would leave me and maybe a brother or two to do the dishes by ourselves. They would desert us and that didn't feel too good. Or maybe you have some spring cleaning project. Your family, all of your friends are on board. You know what needs to be done. Somehow you get stuck with the bathrooms and you clean them until they sparkle and shine. You're proud of your work and you come out only to find your friend or your family member on the couch playing with a gadget they had lost a year ago. You know what it feels like to be deserted. Martha was deserted by Mary. She didn't like this. Their priorities didn't line up. And she also knew where to turn. She went to Jesus. Surely he knew what was going on. He could see what was happening. Mary was sitting there while I'm working. I knew that I could always go to my mother. She was way more persuasive than I was to my siblings. She went straight to Jesus to ask him for help. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Was Martha right? Did she choose something good? Were her priorities in line? You see, Mary and Martha were showing each other that they had different values. What are our values? Our values are the things we prioritize, the things we consider are most important. They reflect what's in our hearts, what we believe. As a culture, we all have certain sets of values. As Americans, we value the individual. Everyone is their own person and has their own rights. We also value things like privacy, efficiency, equality. If you were to meet someone from a different culture, the differences in your values would be highlighted. Someone from an Asian culture would value respect more than equality. Things are seen in terms of lesser and greater. If you met someone from an African culture, they value community more than the individual. Things are done for the group and not just for self. When you meet someone from a different culture, you can see how your values might conflict. And yet, you're able to understand why they chose those values. 
you're able to understand why they put some things first. You might not like it for yourself, but you wouldn't impose your values on them just because they're different. Within a culture, we also have certain values. Some value work and money. They know where they want to be. They can see where they need to get to in a company, how much money they need to make. And they're willing to put work before other things. They might even be willing to take on more work. Some value family and relationships most of all. They treasure the relationships they build. They want their children to have as much opportunity as they possibly can. They put time into relationships. They spend time with family, even if it means they're not going to move up in work. Again, we can have different values, but we can still understand. We can understand why one person would choose work. They need more money at the time. We can understand why one person would choose their family. They need to restore and repair. But we also have spiritual values. We see them right here. Worship, grow, serve, reach. These are values we have chosen as a church. Things we want to focus on. There are spiritual values. And these are good too. Worship is important. It's how we come together to praise our God. Growth is important. It's how we connect with each other. Grow our faith. Service is important. God commands it to us. Reaching out is important. Where we can share our faith with a lost world. Reach out with a faith that gives us new life and us forgiveness. But these, these values are a little different. It's harder for us to understand which one is greater. Which one should we prioritize? It's harder for us to discern between these values. If they're all spiritual values, aren't they good by nature? Didn't Mary and Martha both choose spiritual values? What about them? How do we discern between what they chose? Let's take another look at Martha. She didn't just welcome Jesus in. Luke uses a special prefix on this word. The Greek has a word for welcome. He puts this prefix on and it means something like super welcomed. She understood exactly who Jesus was. That He was her Savior and he, she was showing Him that He was her priority. She was putting Jesus first. Then Luke goes on to say how Martha worked. That she was serving Jesus. It says it twice. She was making preparations. She was working. And again, Luke uses the same base word here. The word we get servant from. She understood their relationship. She wanted to make herself a servant to her Lord and her Master. Didn't Martha choose a good thing? Didn't she know where to turn and put a spiritual value first? No. Jesus comes to her and says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, 
and it will not be taken away from her. Jesus told Martha that she had let all these good things block what is better. She had let all these good things make her lose track of the most important thing, God's Word. Jesus was telling her that she had neglected His Word. She stopped Him during His ministry while He was trying to proclaim and then she acted like she didn't have time to listen to Him. Don't we at times prioritize like Martha did? Don't we choose good things? We know that our job is how we can provide for ourselves and our family. God commands us to work while it is day. Our job is a good thing and we are willing to put time into it. We value our relationships with one another. We want our children to have the best life possible. We want our spouse to know that we love them. We want to grow with our friends. And we put time into our relationships. We choose to work in the church, to participate in worship, to host a connect group, to help with the building project. Don't we choose good things? But at times, Jesus comes to us and says, no. You have let the good cloud what is better. You have lost track of and neglected my word. You haven't chosen the most important thing. We know and understand what Martha did. But we also know what Mary chose. And we can have that too. Mary sat at her Savior's feet, listening to His Word. That's all she did. She put God and His Word first. It doesn't tell us exactly what Jesus said. But we know that this could only be His message of forgiveness and a new life. Jesus came in the flesh and Mary was not going to miss this opportunity to hear His Word. She knew her sin. She knew the sin that lived within her heart. She knew the busyness of the world around her. But she also knew the one person who could forgive her sin. The one person who could give meaning to everything else she did. And so she sat and she listened. She wanted to help Martha. Either she was helping her at the time when Jesus came or she expressed intention to. Martha says it herself. Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me? Mary knew that that was a good value. But she also knew what was better. And she wasn't going to lose track of that. She knew that Jesus' very words would give meaning to everything else she did. Set all her other values in order. Imagine your life when you always put God's word as your first value. You value your job. 
with God's Word at the center, you have a reason to wake up every morning. Your downtime becomes a chance to meditate on God's very words. The connections you make can become opportunities for you to witness your faith. You value your relationships. With God's Word at the center, all the time with your family has new meaning. It becomes a time where you can grow in faith together. The activities you choose for your children will always lead them to have a life with Jesus. The time you spend with your friends will be a time to grow together in God's Word. You value your church. And God's Word is at the center. You won't miss an opportunity to hear God speak to you weekly and daily. God tells us that His voice is speaking through His very words in the Scriptures. When we gather together, the Holy Spirit promises to be with us, to grow our faith together. Jesus gave us the Lord's Supper where He Himself comes to us and gives us His flesh and blood. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, we understand Martha. We understand what she did and at times we do that too. But let's learn from Mary. Let's always put God's Word as our first value. Amen.